0: I, I, Duncan, Gary, Andy and Matt Paul-Merson here. Just a little message from Ben who says that he slaughtered you last year at, at Fantasy Football. So good luck this season, he's the man to catch. And also all the best of the Fantasy Football Fanatics podcast. Good luck, enjoy it, have a great season everybody. And the players I'd watch out for this season in the Premier League... I'd have to go Harry Kane. If he goes to Man City, he'll score bundles of goals. and If he stays at Tottenham, he scores bundles of goals. I'm really sticking my neck out there, but he's an obvious one. I'm going to go for Badera. Is it Badera at uh, Aston Villa? I think I pronounced that right. It's not just Soccer Saturday. I messed the names up, lads. I think, I think he'll get a lot of assists this season, and I think they'll have a right go, Aston Villa. So they'll be the two players I'd pick. But have a good one, everybody. Have a, great, have a great season and good luck to everybody at the Fantasy Football, Fanat- uh, Football Fanatics podcast.
1: Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in Chester and Ben in LA. Welcome, guys, and thanks to Paul Merson. Big, big close friend of you, Ben. I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, best buds.
1: Yeah, do you want to tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so I got this idea at actually the end of last season, where um, there's this there's this is service called Cameo, where you can essentially request videos from what I would describe as C and list celebrities. And I had this idea last season on whoever won, I was going to pick like a player from their club to send them like a congratulatory video. Um, But obviously I won. I don't know if you guys (laughs) remember, so I wasn't going to do it for myself. So um, at the start of this season, I was like, oh, it'd be funny if I sent a video essentially requesting, um, you know, some famous footballer or ex-pundit to, you know, wish us all luck um, and then get him to uh, talk about a little bit about what FPL players he thought would be good, um, and I wanted to like a generic pundit, so I actually went with I actually went for Andy Gray first, but he never bothered responding.
3: Uh, and that's um, controversial. So, yeah, yeah,
2: controversial.
1: That would have made me feel sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I said, like, "Oh, Paul Merson. He's he's a pretty funny pundit." Um, mostly well known for like getting players' names incorrect. <laughs> he did the video. He, he did it. Um, he picked Harry Kane, which was um, you know pretty obvious, and then Bagheera. he was trying. He was trying to <laughs> say uh, Brandir from Villa, and he just kept calling him Badera <laughs> Didn't Merson play for Villa too?
1: He did, yeah. he did,
3: He
2: did. He did also play for Villa. Um, so, and uh, classic Paul Merton, And also, he, he really struggled with our podcast name.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: football fanatics.
1: I mean, I feel um, that it's not a fair test because he struggles with any name, I would imagine. I mean, I don't yeah, want to do yeah. the man down. I mean, I don't want to do the guy down because I'm an Arsenal fan and he's a legend. And I, I take a bit of... Um, bit of umbrage with you saying that he's a c-lister i think he's an a-class pundit personally and he proved that at arsenal at the tuesday club um that (laughs) may be why he had to leave (laughs) um that was awesome thank you for that Uh, ben just keep them rolling like all season just bring in the bring in the celebs (laughs) just keep them coming (laughs) matt what was Um, your
2: unfortunately unfortunately paul merson is one of the most well-known people on there so we may be uh dreading
1: up the bottom of the barrel for the other ones but we'll see. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Um Matt, how you doing? What was your your football moment of the last kind of week or so or the opening weekend?
3: Uh so my football moment of the weekend I guess was the start of the weekend, right? So Friday, the start of football again. It was so exciting and in many ways I thought the perfect game to kick the whole thing off. So uh brentford new to the league quite exciting team because they're sort of um, sort of moneyballed managed aren't they and uh they haven't been in the league since 47 before in the, in the top uh, top top league uh playing their first game at their new stadium against arsenal uh so I, i'd really welcome your thoughts duncan on, on how you enjoyed that first game but um it's the sort of they, they had the long throws you had uh yeah, nice goal. Well, nice-ish goals uh, and just the crowd going nuts and that Premiership excitement of a full stadium and everything. I thought it was... It really got me going for pumped for the whole weekend. It's like, yes, football's back. Uh, but yeah, did, did it leave that same sensation, Duncan?
1: I it had many different sensations, but I fully agree with you that having like a promoted team that's not been in the Premier League or, or the top division for 70-odd years... It's a well-run club and the fans are so excited about it. Add that to the fact that Fountains haven't been in stadiums for a year or so and it's the first weekend. I think, yeah, what a spectacle. But also, um, <laughs> oh my God, as an Arsenal fan, watching that and just the build-up to the game and the team sheet and everything, you're just like, oh God, <laughs> I hate everything i hate myself i hate this team i hate uh the whole culture oh uh, it was painful it was so painful to watch and i was so excited I think I stopped watching our live games a little bit towards the end of last season, but, um, I was like really pumped for the new season, sat down, you know, Friday night, it's going to be good fun. And by half time I was saying to my wife, D- do you want to watch like RuPaul's Dragways or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch, I watch something with you. And she was like, no, I'm busy. So I had to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was painful, but Brentford looked cracking and Thomas Frank said, you know, we're going to attack the premier league in a, into the press the day before and he, he wasn't lying was he yeah
3: it was brilliant it was really good um but yeah you could see it coming the moment Arsenal's team sheet was like there's like yeah. that is a team for the taking
1: <laughs> <laughs> no backup whatsoever um my football moment of the week um so yeah I loved the opening weekend and all that stuff very excited sit down and watch football again with fans and stadiums but um Mine comes from some transfer gossip, which I absolutely love during the summer. I can't get enough of it. And um one that I saw this week was uh Santiago Munez or Munoz was linked with Newcastle. He's a 19-year-old Mexican striker uh who plays in Mexico. And I was just I was like, that is amazing. Like Newcastle are actually trying to sign the striker from the movie Goal. <laughs> like he's he's Mexican as well. It's it's just ah oh, it's awesome. So I really hope that happens and that he meets Anna Freil. She's you know she starts becoming a nurse for some reason and they just act out the whole thing. Who is it? Ah, oh, it was basically like the other character that his strike partner is basically Craig Bellamy, isn't he? He's like a kind of hard drinking like. Uh, long haired kind of tanned kind of slightly aggressive man. So they just need to bring Craig back in as well for the season. I wonder what he's doing. I'm sure he's free. He's probably on cameo. We can get him on cameo Ben and ask him. (laughs) 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 But yeah, that's my highlight. I would love that if that happened. Um, So for, for the new listeners to the show, we've been doing this. I think this is our fifth season now. Um, We are, four friends um or five friends actually uh four of us from school and then gary is also friend of we've all kind of got to know from playing in our five-a-side team together um all love football and i think maybe before we go into our teams we can each give a little bit of an introduction to our fpl selves so i'm going to start with you matt
3: yeah, so I'll start off by saying that we we were all based in London at one stage, um, just because when you do the introductions, it's so international. Um, we've all, well, you've drifted up to Manchester. I'm coming to Manchester to join you um, shortly, just looking for a house at the moment. But um, I was the last to leave London and, and come up north. But I've uh, been playing FPL ever since uni. Uh, had a top 3,000 finish one year, so that was pretty good. Uh, but since then uh well actually you know I, I think I've won these these leagues more than more than others, but I'm on a lean spell now. I think it's been three years since i've uh, last won the league, so yeah, that's me. nice one. How about you Ben?
2: yeah, so I've been playing since i think similar time two thousand and eight um my best ever finish was seven thousand um although last season I think. Um, I would call my best ever season. I finished 9,000th just because over the years, I think the game has got so much more popular, um, more competitive, and there's just a lot more information out there right, right now. So I think getting into the top 10K today, this season would be also like really amazing. Um, back in Back over 10 years ago, Um, I was, I was known as, you know, probably my style was pioneering some of the, (laughs) um, analytics, uh, stuff. So I used to have a spreadsheet to plan out my transfers. I would look at statistics or players and now all that stuff has been essentially commoditized. So I've lost my edge there. Um, so yeah, today I think it's a lot harder to differentiate yourselves when, when things are just a lot more, um, available but yeah that that i'm i'm also a pretty conservative sensible player i would describe as my style not maverick I,
1: i would agree i'd say you're both fairly similar in in your kind of uh dedication to the template you think that's fair both of you matt is that fair
3: yeah i'm not one for a maverick pick i think uh if you if the idea is to try and win your leagues and get as many points as possible then the wisdom of the crowd and what everyone else is picking is usually a fairly safe bet. Um, And if it's Maverick and it's you, you're the only one who thinks it's a good player, uh, then there may be something that you're missing uh, that everyone else gets. Uh, That's my general rule of thumb on, uh, on transfers and stuff.
1: I'd say I'm quite close to you two, probably the closest of the rest of the pod to you two in terms of playing it safe and sticking to the template kind of things. But I have, I think I have the odd mind fart every now and then. (laughs) like and one in 10 maybe work out but most of them i just i look at my team straight after the deadline and i just put my head in my hands and think why did you do that with two minutes to go you hadn't that thought hadn't even entered my head you know all week and then two minutes before deadline i know what i'll do um so i after a lot of drafts i did that before the game week one deadline i couldn't believe it so yeah fairly template player but the odd, odd kind of irrational moment i also can't keep chips in my pocket i just <laughs> if i have a wild card i will play it early if i have a bench boost or whatever triple captain i'll play it without a double game week quite often and mess it up um so definitely need to learn a bit of patience um my my kind of overall ranks I think I've got two top 10k finishes one is like 6,500 odd and I think apart from that it's like 25k, 15k 26 six. I'm normally I'd say nowadays like a top 50,000 kind of player, that's kind of where I like to be and where I've kind of fairly regularly been over the last kind of few seasons started about the same time as you guys and just enjoying it more and more. I think doing the podcast really helps. It's just such a nice kind of sociable thing. So, yeah, if you're thinking about getting into it, I really recommend it. Um, should we have a look at our Game Week 1 teams? Because we, talk- we were really revealing our drafts in our preseason. but let's see where we went with it. Um, ben, do you want to kick us off? Because I think you're top of the-, the pod mini-league at the moment. What was your score?
2: Uh, I got 96 points. Uh, which pretty good. Um, it looks like that is a rank of 750,000, so I think a pretty good start to the season. And yeah, like like you mentioned, Duncan, my team is quite tempered. <clears throat> um, so uh, my goalkeepers are the Brighton, Combo, Sanchez, and Steele. Um, I had Luke Shaw. I started Luke Shaw, Ben White, and Trent. Um, a little bit concerned with Ben White because he took a lot of flack after that game Is um, not playing very well. I think people criticizing him for... You know, he's mostly known as a, a centre-back in a back three where he can step out um, and he has these, like, massive giants next to him uh, with Duncan Duffy. And people are questioning if he can play the, a two. So, two-man centre-back. So... Uh, we'll see. My other defenders were Amati and Ailing, who both got six points, but I benched them, unfortunately. Um, my midfield was uh, Salah, who I captained, uh, Bruno, and Yosser So they all got points. Um, I had Barnes and Rafinha, who didn't do anything, and um, I had Ings and Antonio up front, who they, uh, both did both did really well. So uh, pretty happy with that. Um, I noticed I'm the only one of the potters who have Simikas. I went with instead. Um So I'm wondering if that was a mistake, but it's too late now because, you know, Robertson will be back by game week four or so, so I'm just going to have to stick with it. Um, but, yeah, that's the, the, only, the only move that I was a little bit um, suspect compared to everyone else. And then Harrison Barnes, I think, didn't... Um, not Harrison Barnes, what's his name? Harvey Harvey Barnes. (laughs) Harvey Barnes. Um, He didn't play particularly well, I think. He only had one shot. Um, But he has quite high ownership, 40% ownership. So it's too soon to be making, I think, any moves, I think, for myself personally. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to give the same team uh, another run out next week, I think, with no changes.
1: Uh, you're, You're playing a... 352. So you've got a 4.5 striker on the bench as well, right?
2: Yeah, Perica, who apparently got transferred to some random league. So
3: he,
2: <laughs> he definitely isn't playing now, uh, but it doesn't matter. He's my third bench player, so I wasn't planning on playing him anyway.
1: Okay. And um, I think we talked about this on our preseason pods, but we mentioned it quite quickly. We do a theme for our team names, like a, a pun based theme. And this year it's uh movies so what's your team name for your movie pun team name
2: uh short flank redemption oh
1: it's good it's really good it's really good it's it's got mourinho in there it's ah, oh, it's, i like it it's got the
2: flank we please so good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so good that you have to explain it as well <laughs> nice one um so what are you thinking about for next week what's your big concern
2: um, Ben White I'm kind of annoyed I, I think it's basically my third centre-back spot I've got Ben White and Marty Ailing, So I have to figure out who to play Because I don't have Simicass I'm a little bit worried that Firmino will take Yotta's spot Because Yota got substituted after 60 minutes um, But I don't think either of these are big enough for me to make a transfer one weekend, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna bank, and then the big question to me is captaincy because um, it originally was on Salah who is playing Burnley at home, <clears throat> but Manu just looked so good against Leeds. I think that had a lot to do with how Leeds set up. They were just very open, um, but you know Southampton are also. I think I think we'll talk about this a bit later on teams to target. Southampton don't look great either after selling most of their good players so Bruno at Southampton also is quite tempting Um, so right now my captaincy is on Bruno but I think that's going to be a big decision for this upcoming game week on who to captain I could go back to Salah we'll see Um,
1: it's a a nice choice to have isn't it
2: yeah I mean um, for anyone who did not have Salah or Bruno this game week one I mean, commiserations. (laughs) I think Gary did not have Bruno, so have possibly painful.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that might be a part of the reason why he's not available, like you were saying uh, today. Um, Matt, how how many points did you get? What's your team name? And can you talk us through your team?
3: So um, I got 83 points, uh, which is sort of a mid one and a half millions-ish um, not quite sure of the, fight, the final standings there, uh, so it's not bad. I mean, I, I got the Salah and Fernandez uh, picks right, and Captain Salah, um, so that gave me a pretty good core score. Um, however, a lot of the, I mean, it, it's quite a templated team, a bit like Ben's. So got Sanchez, Steele, Shaw, Simakas and Alexander Arnold at the back, uh, and then around, uh, yeah, I had Barnes as well, and I had Rafina uh, as well. Uh, they didn't really come off. Um, and then I guess, yeah, you saying how I'm quite a template guy. I, I, I do also like to try and like have my players or the players that like I think is a bit different sometimes. And my my punt this week, my one punt, like, was Havertz uh, and it didn't really come off. He didn't even start the game and came on really annoyingly late on because I had Amati on the bench to come on if he didn't play a single minute. So uh, that one didn't work out. Uh, and then up top, I've got Tony and Ings. Um, so Ings obviously came in a little bit. Um, and I've also got the Perica dilemma where he, he's playing in Israel now. So I don't know if that will drop him 0.1 at some stage uh, as people want a 4.5 who does or ha- has a conceptual chance of playing football for in the premiership. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and my team name is Wizard of Ozil. Uh partly because I, I like Ozil and I thought The Wizard of Oz is a nice film.
1: You, you like Ozil because he was great for so long and then you liked him because he kind of dragged Arsenal down for so long as well, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I remember going to games with you and uh, trying to big him up and t- t- say how uh, I think he was <laughs> really, really good and you were just misplaying him uh, all that time. It wasn't his... Yeah, because the fans were on his back, but... Uh, well, at least the pundits were on his back, but I thought all the half the time, well... He's not doing something wrong. He's just the player that he is. You just need to, yeah. If that's the guy you've got, then don't ask him to track back,
1: idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We should have sold him to you like Sanchez because that worked out well, damn it. Um, are you are you worried about Amati? I think you and Ben both have a very similar bench, Amati and Perica. So you've got a 4.0 defender, non-playing striker, 4.5. And I think Leicester have just signed uh Vestergaard haven't they so I'm guessing Amati doesn't play from here on
3: yes yeah, so I've definitely picked my team with uh early wild card as a potential in mind or if it's not if if it went really really well and I my players are playing well then I might just, a few hits here and there just to get it in the right place uh wouldn't wouldn't be too hard um so I'm not I'm not terribly worried about Amati Simikas and Perica because they can just sit in my bench uh, as long as I'm confident enough that their first eleven will play. Um, obviously, having all three of them is uh, means it's it's a bit bit of a short term one where they um if, yeah it, I can't just do that all season and have three non playing bench players. But um, I'm certainly okay with it at the moment. I think the the main one I'm considering at the moment is I had a plan before the start of the game that Havertz was going to play week one with the easy fixture against Palace. And then I was going to swap him. And I got 0.5 in the bank, each, probably straight from Mahrez, um, because they then had the easy fixture against Norwich. Uh, but then they haven't exactly started the season very well. So uh, I might now try and switch that to a Son for a hit. Um, or I could downgrade him in price terms to someone like a Greenwood, uh, who looked really, really good at the weekend as well. So that's probably my main focus on transfers at the moment.
1: Nice one. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring up my team now. I think so I, I started the game week pretty badly, and I was lagging behind you guys on Saturday night, and I was a bit worried about um, my last-minute decision, two minutes before the deadline, I decided to drop Greenwood and bring in Billy Gilmore for my bench. <coughs> because I thought, wouldn't it be great to have the flexibility of three million pounds in my bank? Um, so I can just like maneuver my team to bring in whoever's the hot pick after game week one, game week two, game week three, um, which is probably a little bit too much in the bank. And it might've been good to have those points on the pitch rather than in my bank. Um, so my team at the back, Sanchez and Steele um, for Brighton, Simicast, Trent, Shaw. And then I've got Kufal in there as well. Um, in my midfield um, I went with Fernandes and Salah Captain Salah all fairly template there but then my two kind of wildcard picks were El Ghazi at Aston Villa who I've talked up many times and I felt like I was quite keen to go with him you know three great fixtures he's going to play in that game week one he potentially on penalties he actually took a penalty when Ings was on the pitch in a friendly uh, pre friendly so I thought great six million um, did not work out at all 59 million minute substitution, which is gutting. Um, and then the other one was Fernand Torres. I just thought seven million for the starting striker for Man City is possibly you know something I want to get on early. And I watched the game. He was fairly invisible. I feel like the service to him wasn't really there, but also maybe he's not up to speed physically, but he just didn't look very sharp. I'm um, not very involved. So I guess I have to keep him for Norwich at home and hope that Pep sticks with him and doesn't bring in Jesus or drop him to the bench for someone else. But um, yeah, it didn't work out for me. Up front, Ings and Antonio, which is just brilliant. And then on the bench, obviously <laughs> the the brilliant Billy Gilmore last minute decision. Uh, Ailing, nice to see him get a goal. And Obafemi, so another 4.5. Um who won't play, I'm guessing. So the 3 million in the bench means I can choose next week whether I go to a 3 4 3 and maybe bring in like a 7.5 million pound striker, if any of them I think are good, or I can bring in a 7, 7.5 million pound midfielder and go 3 5 2, or I could just upgrade what I have in my four-four-two, maybe get rid of Al for Mares or something like that. So is It has left me a bit more flexible and I think I have got away with it. I'm only three, three points off Ben, so I think I got very lucky, to be honest. Um, yeah, my team name is Troy Story 2 because in, in the theme of, of Ben explaining his team name, because Troy's back, it's his second time in the Premier League and yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we did all right, didn't we? we? Did we did just good? um Should we have a look at the listeners' league and see how you guys are getting on? And um, Ben, over to you.
2: Yeah. So listeners' league. um So far, we have one hundred and twenty entries. Um, so hopefully, you can get a couple more. I don't know, Duncan, if you have the code, we can we can give out later. Yeah. Uh, but uh, top of the pile. Uh, this week is Fintan Hogan uh, with his team name, Havertz, a bit of that, with 112 points. So, crossing 100 um, on a non double game week. Um, first game of the season must, must feel pretty good. Um, so, his team was Sanchez, Trent, Shaw, Simikas. Um His midfield is, I think, what, what took him over was Greenwood with eight, Ben Rama with 12 points. Salah, captain uh, Barnes, Fernandez, Ings, Antonio. Uh, so well done, Fintan Hogan. Uh, we have uh, Kit Goodall just behind him with 111 points, um, who is currently second uh, with this team named Edu Brute. Um, some, I think, Brute.
1: The,
2: Brute. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then a very similar team uh, to Fintan Hogan. Uh, the only difference is uh, he has DCL, who I feel like hasn't been talked about too much, but he he chipped in with seven points. Um, we have Joachim Gunnar at third with 107 points with Brandon Krebs-White. Um, and then joint fifth is... Hold
1: on, hold on, Ben. We've got the mythical uh, with Joachim Gunnar. We've got the mythical bench boost in game week one. He played it. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. Um, And a very poor bench boost. Um, Barkman, Dunk, Veltman, Billy Gilmore uh, joining (laughs) you, Duncan. Uh, Veltman, I think, had COVID or was in COVID protocol. So bench boost of five points game week one, maybe not so hot. I think he'll have some regrets there.
1: I think it beats my bench boost from last season of four points. So (laughs) good on you, Joakim.
2: Um, And then fifth, we have, joint fifth, we have Lachlan Anderson and Harry Quinn, who I think had a very strong season last season. So uh, that rounds out the top five. I'll give an honorable shout out to the person currently bottom, uh, Turkey1, with his team (laughs) name Turkey1. His team was martinez very popular pick only two points uh Crestwell, seven points shaw Cancelo, uh, not so good uh, Jaden sancho who just came on with a cameo uh jota madison's our vardy captain uh, me bamford uh so not i mean everyone played um but no no salah no bruno I think it explains a lot. So, um, commiserations to Turkey one. Yeah,
1: commiserations. And I think that is that is why in maybe in game week one or early on in the season, it makes sense to stick with the herd. And then when you have a bit more data, you can kind of make your own picks a little bit more. I could definitely learn from that with my Torres and uh, El Ghazi picks. Um should we go on to our topics now? So, oh, before we do, the code for the league, if you want to join us, compete with us, and compete with the other guys at the top of the league, the code is uh, PD79YQ. Um, Yeah, so join in, get involved, and see if you can beat us. Um. So we've got some topics to talk about. There's lots to talk about. First up is... It's the beginning of the season. What is normally quite important is getting your budget players in sorted. Cheap ones that kind of fill out the structure of your bench and your team so you can afford something more expensive and you get the price rises and all that jazz. So, should we start with the forwards? Um, Matt, did you see any cheap forwards that caught your eye?
3: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think he might have a slight yellow flag on him, but Dennis, uh, For there's 10 Watford strikers and so there's a big question mark about who's the starting ones there. Anyway, Emmanuel Dennis, 5 million uh, starting what for striker, scores. Uh, he's got 12 points on, on, on debut. So that's pretty, pretty well, very tempting pick. Um, I've got Perico at the moment. If i got 0.5, I get a costume for a price rise. I, I suspect uh, early season, some of the good tactics is just to get on players to take advantage of some of the price rises as well, uh, because you can build a bit of team value and... I suspect he's one of those that's going to go up a bit.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And also the guy who I think might have replaced him or came on late in the game was Chucho, scored a kind of screamer. Maybe he's his competition or one of the other nine people competing for that starting (laughs) spot, but 5.0 as well. So basically whichever one nails down a Watford starting berth is a good third striker or bench striker, isn't it?
3: yeah definitely definitely i mean other new signings as well um the the guy adam armstrong for Southampton scored on debut six million pretty de- decent value there as well for for strike and i think there's a bit more the watford you've got still at the jeopardy of that many strikers about are they are they going to get rotated uh i think uh, he's their main replacement to ing's um at armstrong so i think he's a bit more of a sure bet for for starts he, he might be quite a quite good one
1: and it's nice kind of bracket price bracket as well there's six million if you've got puki or Ivan Tony in your team there's someone else in that budget if one of them gets injured or out of form so that's quite nice isn't it yeah definitely and what about you Ben did you spot any more strikers that you thought were they're cheap and potentially coming
2: in no those Matt mentioned the two I, I was thinking uh Dennis and um, Armstrong.
1: what did you think of Ivan Tony
2: yeah, I actually watched a bit of that game. He looked quite lively, um, like flicking on the ball and stuff. Um, I don't think he had that many clear-cut chances though. So um I think if you have him, it's definitely you know, wait wait and see and see if he um comes to life in the next game. Um because Arsenal was still a pretty tough fixture. Um I, I didn't I chose not to have Ivan Tony to start the season, so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how it gets along against palace who are perhaps not very good this season so that will be an interesting watch i think uh five and tony
1: yeah i agree that i mean if you've got him that's the that's the fixture you had your eye on when you brought him in right so we'll have to see that's a big test for him if he comes out with flying colors then yeah maybe he's one to go for midfield what do you reckon to this one Dan? Oh, did, you, did you have any sorry, before this? Ha-
3: hang on can I do a quick shout out as well on the forwards uh, oh, yeah. might not be might not be budget but he only played for 29 minutes and he scored a goal and got a bonus point it's, uh, Roberto Fumino, uh,
1: <laughs> oh, God, oh my god <laughs> uh,
3: those that listened to last week's pod which I couldn't make unfortunately uh, I got a hell of a beating of abuse for, for daring to have Firmino in the draft of mine but um, anyway just wanted to put it out there that he did score. He's got nice fixtures. He scored a lot in, He scored two in pre-season as well. Uh, if he starts, see what he can do in twenty-nine minutes. If he starts next week, might be a good pick.
1: As I said in pre-season pod one, Matt, if you don't bring him into your team, it means nothing, Big up. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's,
3: he's, he's closer. My thoughts. He's not just yet on the team sheet. That's all.
1: Look at what I did with El Ghazi and look at how it worked out. I just want the same (laughs) for you, Matt. (laughs) Um, Ben, did you pick out any budget midfielders that you've got your eye on?
2: Um, I don't know if they qualify as budget, but I think Ben Rama, 6 million. I think some people were thinking about for their initial teams. Um, He got 12 points and you would kind of taking over the kind of Jesse Lingard role from last season. Um, I, they didn't score a lot of points today, but I thought the Spurs midfielders could be quite interesting. Um, so you had Lucas Mora at, you know, 6.5, who was very attacking today, I thought, um, and Bergwijn at 6 million, who got an assist. Um, so I thought, I think they could be quite good enablers um, as the season progresses, and see let's see if Spurs can keep up um, their good form. And then my final my final pick was um, I think he, he got some hate last last pod, but um, Ismail Assar, um at six million. Um, he, you know I think he was a little bit of an FPL legend a couple of seasons ago because of his price, um, but he got nine points too, so goal and goal and bonus against Villa so um, he may be another one to keep an eye on as well
1: he effectively looked like he was playing up front like a very yeah. advanced basically the Salah position on the wing Um yeah no I really like that pick. I like both those picks Benrahma and Saar I do feel with the Spurs midfielders I've just seen it before from Lucas Moura and Bergwijn like they can go past players at speed on the counter attack but they just can't put the ball in the back of the net and if they do it's once in you know ten games, so i'd I'd like to apply the logic of you can't talk about it unless you bring you in into your team like Firmino. but I think that's a special <laughs> case for Matt, and we could have say that all all season, so I think I think I just don't like that those picks, but um yeah, I love the other two what about um what about you, Matt? any other budget ones
3: um so I don't know if it counts as budget, but I thought greenwood seven and a half it's not budget but if you if it's a manu premium player he he started the season very well there uh and he could become an essential pick quite early because it's quite if you could get one of your premium players or premium strike basically strikers but midfielders uh from one of the big big four clubs uh at seven and a half million that could be quite a bargain but he's got quite a lot of competition for places so let's see see how that one goes and then the other one I would say was name check for the last year, in many ways, is uh, check at six million. Started where he left off, um, so uh, another one that might just continue to churn out the points, uh, particularly when I have him on my bench.
1: <laughs> he's a fair price as well, and I think Andy's got him in his team this season, hasn't he? He's he's put his money where his mouth is.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's paid off. Game week one.
1: What do you guys reckon to uh, Embuemo or Canos? Brentford and Buemo looked like he was playing, <laughs> playing up front basically. 5.5 midfielder, um, looked even more attacking than Tony or, or more effective maybe in that game.
3: Yeah, I think there's definitely uh, a, a Brentford player or two that are going to become really good picks. I think it's because there's so many across midfield, it's difficult to know which one's the, the one to go for. Or if it's a bit like Leeds where you basically pick any of them like your house and Vina's or in or Uh or in uh, uh yeah. Just keep going. Just for the next half hour trying
1: to... <laughs> <laughs> No, you need to take a leaf out of Paul Merson's book. Say it, own it, and move on.
3: And <laughs> move on. Yeah, make yeah. it your thing. Um I think five and a half Brentford guy, uh they're not gonna be five and a half along long. I think they're it could be a really good pick there.
1: Okay, Bueno, I think, although all the commentators were pronouncing it differently, so what do I know? Okay, so this is probably where it's the most interesting or the most useful. The 4.0 defenders, um, some that were touted didn't start, but others I didn't even see coming did start. You both have Amati, uh, we've discussed that um, Vestergaard's coming in and that might be a bit of an issue. Simakas, I thought he looked absolutely cracking. He, you know, there was one point in the first half where he kind of dribbled past a couple of players and put in an absolutely brilliant, like, Rob Robertson-esque kind of ball. And, and he's on set pieces, he's on corners. So that's pretty good, right? You, you chuffed with that, um, Matt?
3: Yeah, no, I thought, um, I mean, my, my reason for not picking Firmino was that I had, my triple, triple Liverpool had to go to Simicas, because at uh, four million starting uh, fullback in the Liverpool system um, he's bound to get loads of chances and, and a really good pick um, so please please for as long as it lasts until Robertson comes back
1: someone did mention in pre-season that it's the kind of thing where you don't bring him in and I'm thinking about you here Ben and then Robertson has a complication it doesn't work out and <laughs> Simicast I mean we, what player out of us picked Simicast to be top scoring budget defender Ben
2: I know I'm like why did I not choose <laughs>
1: that's, that's crazy talk yeah um, yeah but he started well any other 4.0's that you guys like the look of or just notice played that's all you need really isn't it
2: uh, I, I, note, I, I wrote down who played uh, Duffy from Brighton um, I think he only played because Veltman um, was in COVID protocol Liv Raminto from Southampton This one I'm not actually sure about because Carl Walker-Peters was fit, but was on the bench, so he may have potential. And then um, Hoover from Wolves played on the right. Um, I don't know where Semedo is right now. So, um, yeah, those those are my other ones on the watch list, but I think they all need more games to see if any of them have potential to start regularly.
1: I think Samedo apparently was looking really attacking, really good in preseason. So I think I think he just missed out with like a, a slight issue. So I, I don't think Hoover, I, w- I just want to call Hoover however, because um, that's <laughs> kind of how it's spelled um, if you're an idiot. Yeah, I don't think he's going to stick around. <laughs> but I, I think it's so weird that Southampton had Carl Walker-Peters, who had a decent season, I thought, right back last season. They brought in and replaced him with like a youngster from Chelsea seems kind of mad and there was a lot of talk that Liv Rimento was going to start for Southampton in pre-season as well so really strange move by then but I guess we'll kind of come on to that when we talk about teams to target maybe um, any other budget players above 4.0 that caught your eye 4.5s or anything
3: like that um, I think you mentioned it in one of the pre-seasons pods but we're starting to get an idea of which are the starting Spurs uh, 4.5 million defenders um, and obviously they've had a great result today they might be um, decent ones to get on board with like a Tanganga or a or Dyer. D- um, so yeah I think that's what I'm watching uh, the Spurs defence
1: Yeah I mean Nino you know, could defend it um, Wolves couldn't he set up a nice defence in a back three so if you can do it in a back four then great um, what about the the really boring 4.5 midfielder slot did, uh Gilmore my last minute substitution played but looked very very deep and I didn't see him on set pieces although there was some chat about him being on set pieces um any interest in this guys or shall we just move on
3: I mean I think let's move on they're t- yeah. all terrible the point is that they play isn't it and you don't expect them to get much because you don't intend to play them very regularly so Gilmore fulfilled exactly what you wanted from him
1: even if you've picked Brownhill who didn't start like it's not even worth a transfer right now is it you just kind of wait for a wild card not worry about it too much okay so next topic is teams that look good um over to the Man U fans Matt and Ben
2: Oh, man, you look so good. But I'm wondering if it's a trap because of how Leeds play. Um, but, yeah, we were just so good. <laughs> like The intensity was good. Um, I think Pogba might be a bit of a trap in the sense that he played left side of... Um, left in the attacking front three, um, which we do sometimes. Um, but I think from last season, this flexibility where he may get pushed further back. So I think that one is a little bit um, could be a trap. I think Bruno is a no-brainer. He was he was making runs in behind the back line almost as a, a another striker at times. Um, and then Mason Greenwood, I think, looked really good. Um, so I'm actually quite tempted to bring Greenwood in. Um, the only thing that Matt said is there's just there's just a lot of attacking players coming back. With like, Cavani will come back at some point. Sancho, I'm sure will start at some point. And there's also Anthony Martial. Um, so yeah, I think Greenwood is probably a good pick for maybe the first couple game weeks. But long term, I don't know. And we're probably going to spend uh, spread minutes everywhere. Um, I think defensively we were okay too. Um Ailing scored a screamer because he was on my FPL bench. So, you know, that happens. But um, yeah, and Manu's fixtures are really good too. Playing Southampton next. So um, I think a triple up on Manu at this stage is not the worst idea.
1: It's kind of perfect timing, isn't it? Because the first four fixtures are great. And there's a... Uh, there's a um, an international break in there if you want to wildcard them out as well. Or you can them wildcard them out after the international break, and it kind of works perfectly. There's a there's that funny 7.5 midfielder kind of thing, like Greenwood, such a good goal scorer, but you know, he's a seven seventy minute substitution potential. Same with Jota, same with Torres. Um like this, it's just that bracket, isn't it? That's why they're priced like that.
2: Yeah, I think um, maybe we'll talk about the Chelsea too. I think Mount actually is probably the safest pick in that price because he plays 90 minutes every game. Um, I saw his stats against Palace. I think he had three to four shots, had like 12 crosses or something. Like, um, I think if you want a very steady pick in there, I think Mason Mount's probably... Um, the most consistent. If if probably the least upside. Like I think Yosser and Green would have the potential to like, you know, potentially score brace or hat trick, um, unlike Mount. But I think Mount is just a more steady pick. So yeah, I just
1: I have an irrational hatred of Mount which I think Andy and John <laughs> discovered during the Euros while we were watching games over Skype. So um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be happening, but it would be probably a sensible move. Um, Why,
2: what is the what is the, the basis of your rational hate? The
1: basis is I just find him so boring. Like there's just, there's no flashiness. It's all sensible play. He's on set pieces, but I don't think his set pieces are particularly incredible. Mm. I, I like all the pundits say he's just an absolutely brilliant footballer, but he's not an exciting footballer he doesn't he doesn't you know excite me so he's exactly as you described him in FPL, like low ceiling player who yeah. plays consistently for a decent team mm-hmm. um, yeah um what about Sancho? He came on and he, he went on the left wing. do you think that's where he's going to stick while Rashford's injured Matt
2: maybe yeah. I th- I think there's just a lot of options for Solskjaer. I think sometimes he'll play on the left, sometimes he'll play on the right. I don't know
3: what you think, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think he plays right a lot of the time. Um, And Pogba, when you play him on the left-hand side, seems to be quite a good position in the Man U team for him because we've resisted putting him in the engine room uh, because he's just not not a great defender, uh, even if he looks like he could be. So it, give him a nice creative all-out there, and that would mean that you wouldn't play Sancho there. you put him on the other flank. So, uh, But yeah, there's just loads of options at Manu, isn't there? So it's difficult to know what Solskjaer will settle on, or if he suddenly might revert to a bit more of a rotation policy this season.
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing Varane was introduced to the fans before the game. I'm guessing he starts. I'm assuming he had some preseason, so maybe he comes straight in for Lindonov. What do you reckon?
3: Yeah, I think Lindelof uh, he got an assist, didn't he? Uh, but yeah, I think that that's the obvious switch to make. And uh, certainly, Ollie t- tends to plays Maguire every ninety minutes, every single game. I imagine he'll pick his favourite two centre backs and just go with them and never really rotate them that much. Now he's got Varane, so I think he's pretty locked in. Um, the one thing though is that we did concede that one goal, and that was what we did all last season. So. I'm still not 100% convinced that Man United defenders are going to get clean sheet after clean sheet, even if the defence looks quite good. Um, we just always seem to switch off for one moment every game. Yeah.
1: One to keep an eye on. Anything more on Man United or with any other teams that you thought looked good?
3: Um, Liverpool looked pretty good as well. I thought very um, convincing win. Um, didn't really give Norwich much of a sniff. So... Uh, it's, it's hardly surprising if we said Man U, Chelsea, and Liverpool look like good teams, uh, but uh, yeah, I think the I think a lot of people are tripled up on Liverpool, and I think that's sensible um, with the fixtures and form.
1: And if you've got Jota you just have to kind of stick with him and see what happens, right?
3: Yeah. We, yeah, maybe tempt Ben into a four-point hit to swap Yostaf for <laughs> yes. I like it. It is <laughs> <laughs> something.
1: Do it, Ben. Think of the price uh, rises. Oh yeah.
2: Sp- Spurs look good too. I think. Um,
1: Def- I thought defensively they looked really sharp. Yeah,
2: um, Son I think looked pretty good in you know his talisman role with Harry Kane out at ten million. Um, but I think the the game suited Spurs where they like counter attacking, so yeah, I'm interested to see how they play against wolves if they will still do as well, but could be it. I think Spurs are an interesting team to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. and it was good to see um that Doherty didn't start despite me bigging him up in preseason and nearly bringing him into my team. I'm so glad I didn't out of nowhere, Tanganga started and played an absolute blinder as far as I could see.
2: Yeah, Tanganga was really good. Uh,
1: Another team who looked pretty good going forward, not so good going backwards, as Matt likes to put it. Um, (laughs) West Ham. Um, Yeah, Ben Rama. I think, Ben, did you pick him out as one of your budget midfielders? Yeah. Uh, It looks like he's living up to the hype during pre-season. Ben Rama good, Mikel
2: Antonio good, even though he missed the penalty, which is a shame. I, yeah. I hope he doesn't lose penalties because of that.
1: And, uh, and Cresswell as well. Did Cresswell get given that goal or did it go to Bowen?
2: Uh, I think Cresswell got credited with it. Kufal um, so, yeah. Cuf- also had a, a cross where Antonio hit the post. So I know,
1: I, know. I it's think It was an, an open goal.
2: I know, I, th- I mean, that Kufal pick I think will be pretty, should be quite a solid pick, I think.
1: It's the kind of thing that you just have to leave in your team over a long period, isn't it? And just let him pick up those assists. But it's annoying because if, if it was a 4.5, he's the kind of player that I feel like I could rotate and get some benefit from, but um, that's just a bit, a bit too much. I know it's not that much, but it feels like a bit much in a back quarter route rotating a 5.0 um, that, I feel like that's covering the, the teams that look get good, what about the teams that looked a bit crap and we could target in the next couple of game weeks what do you reckon Matt?
3: Um, so I think it's mostly gone as expected so far I think one of the biggest shocks is that we thought Villa would start really strong but they, they didn't but I, I certainly expected Southampton to be weak uh, and they they lost to Everton. Um, I think Palace potentially might be a bit of a mess this season, but uh, that's probably a bit early to tell because they, they played away at Chelsea. Uh, but they certainly got thumped. Um, and then, uh, yeah, most people are expecting Norwich to be exactly like Norwich of last time. Um, and they again a bit early to tell because it was just it was Liverpool as well. But they they certainly didn't did put on a show. Um, so yeah. And then Newcastle as well, everyone thinks are going to struggle again. I think they're going to struggle more because they've got fans back that hate them. So. <laughs> yeah. so uh, that's that, a good thing. Yeah, that could really hurt them this season. Um, the ones I'm not sure on yet is the the Burnley-Brighton game. And I can't tell if they're both bad or they're both good-ish. Uh, cause they, obviously, because they played each other, but I've got a secret suspicion that well one or the other could really struggle this season but i'm not quite sure yet where that, where that's going to play out
1: i kind of agree I, f- I feel it was like a cancelling each other out kind of game but the no- the game you'd normally expect to finish 1-1 or could could go either way and to be honest i'm i'm not that interested i mean i know a lot of us in fact maybe all of us all three of us have sanchez in goal but it doesn't look like another 4.5 keeper is emerging in game week one that we should have picked so we'll have to keep an eye on that for wild cards maybe on the Southampton shout you started with them and I think they're my top pick for teams to target at the moment and it's mainly because of their defence The a new left back who's come in as um, from the team of the season in League Un, um Perrault I think but that's new left back uh, Salisu, who didn't get many minutes at centre back last season Stevens um, playing ahead of um, what's the name of their other centre back? Bednarek. Bednarek for some reason not turning up at all. And then they, they drop Kyle Walker Peters after a really decent season, I thought, considering Southampton didn't have a great one. And they bring in a 4.0 Chelsea youth player, Liv Romento kind of crazy. And as you'd expect, they look fairly at sea, which makes sense because they're on the sea. <laughs> but next up it's, it's Man United who you guys have picked out as the, the, the teams that are playing well so yeah Greenwood does sound like a really good short term pick doesn't he or Sancho do you think that's worth it I know Andy started with Sancho do you think he, he's going to get minutes in from the start or just the same as before
2: Sancho's a wait and see for me you think you you just want to see him play a couple games and then bring him in?
3: Yeah, def- definitely. Game. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so who's playing Palace in the next couple of weeks? Has anyone got the fixtures up?
3: Uh,
2: They've got so- Brentford next.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like we were saying with Ivan Tony, keep an eye on that one. Uh, targeting Wolves. I mean, I've put Wolves down. I'm not sure if this 1-0 loss to Leicester, wasn't it, uh, you know, makes them one of the top teams to target. But I just thought if your defence is playing them, then that might not be a bad thing because Traore and Trinchao didn't look like, uh, well, they didn't have their shooting boots on as Traore often doesn't. And then also the supply to Jimenez didn't look like, what. Traore is a great, cross of the ball when he gets down that wing but he seems to be playing slightly more centrally and whether I just wonder whether Jimenez is going to get the service in this system do you think that's fair?
3: I'm certainly not looking at Wolves and saying that's the team I want to transfer in a player uh, just yet I think they'll be mid-table a bit like what Nuno had them last year difficult to beat, tends to be a bit low score in the game as you say, maybe if you've got a defender, because they're not going to score many. But I think they're, yeah, with him in his back, I don't know. Uh, I'm not thinking of them as, as obvious uh, ones just yet.
1: What about Leeds? Because they repeated their feats at Old Trafford last season. Was it 6 2 last season, 5 1 this season? Um, do you think their defence is starting the season like it started last season or do you think they'll sort things out quickly and get to the second half of the season Leeds, Leeds defence um, soon
3: it's Leeds Everton next which I think is a really interesting game because um, I think Everton uh, aren't necessarily going to be very good um, I know they they beat Southampton but that's at home uh, and even then they may be uh, laboured to it just a little bit so uh, that would be a good tester. Leeds leads playing at home uh, in front of their fans. Uh, and yeah, will will their gun ho style against Rafa Benita's boring defensive style? Uh, who will come out on top?
1: It, it looked like Rafa's tactic in Game Week One was to get a huge number of crosses into the box. And he seems to have made signings to do that. Like um Townsend has said, he's on record that his he's been brought in to get the ball. Onto basically onto Calvert Lewin's head and Richarlison's head, just get those crosses in. And I think there was some stat going around that his uh, he was one of the most successful crosses of last season. I mean, I'm not sure how many minutes he got last season, but um, yeah, I mean, he's got that in his locker. And I think last season Leeds suffered from balls into the box, crosses into the box. So maybe maybe it is a perfect storm, Gun Ho Leeds and Everton. You know, bombarding the box, goals, goals, goals.
3: Tactic, exciting leads, and they're very different style, and then incredibly obvious, boring, (laughs) sort of uh, get it wide, get it in, stay close together when you're defending, uh, Benitez style. Uh, I really hope we'd stuff them. (laughs) I just
2: just realized they have uh, a third striker called Broadhead. At four point five, so maybe he's also really good at
1: heading. It's, like, it's almost like being called slabhead, like not even a nickname.
2: It's not even a nickname. His name broadhead.
1: Do you, do you think people have um, been a bit silly in uh, dropping Calvert Lewin or even Richarlison from the template? I mean, they were in there a lot at the start when the fixtures came out, but when there was talk that they hadn't had a you know an ideal preseason. I mean, their fixtures are just so great and Danny Ings' fixtures don't last very long. Antonio has a couple of difficult fixtures in there and they don't, don't last forever with the good ones. So do you, think, do you think maybe moving to Everton early is not a bad idea?
2: It's a good, um, it's a good option, I think, for Danny Ings once the fixtures turn. Um, I think it's too soon, though. They play Southampton. Southampton are awful. I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds... Need to be Everton to be honest but
1: we'll see yeah i kind of agree but it'll be a good game to watch okay so that's teams to target and and not your they're not your classic kind of just promoted teams as well you know um there's some more traditional premier league teams in there i think our last topic is one from matt so tactical approach to wild card and chasing price rises is what i have written down here matt do you want to explain
3: yeah, so I think there's definitely um well, different tactics at the beginning of the season. Um, and I know that yourself and Ben did really early wild cards last year, uh, and that paid off for both of you, um, as you got you got on players really early, um, and and um yeah, just just got a nice team that you could then tinker with from there. Whereas I did the reverse, I thought, uh, maybe a hit or there or that here or there and I'll save my wild card until Christmas when they're uh there's lots of fixtures and maybe fixture swings um and didn't pay off at all um partly because of cancelled games and whatnot but um i think i I already had some catch-up to do and i just ended up picking a team that's quite similar to what you guys had already so um i mean what i've done early is pick a team which i think is just for the first few games and then i can slowly switch out of it but um, i wonder what people think about doing early wildcards if their views have changed at all um and also how important is it to get it on price wise at this stage with maybe the early monday sunday night transfer rather than waiting to uh, the deadline what what are people's views on that
1: can i jump in first ben yeah so i was going to kind of combine the two i i'd never really love wildcarding in an international break because i i often fail i often feel that players pick up weird injuries that either they pick up with their countries or they're fake injuries, but you don't know if they're fake and then they don't travel to their countries and then they turn up for their club teams. So I find it, a, although it's a tradition within FBL to wildcard within an international break, it doesn't always uh, entice me that much. But something that is great about it is the fact that you get such a, lot, a long time for those price rises to go up. So at the start of the week, you can hit the wildcard button. You can bring in loads of players who you think are going to go up you can get their price rises, gain that one, and then at the end of the week, you transfer them out, you bring in the players you actually want with a little bit more money to play with. Um, so that kind of makes sense and getting on those, um, while at the start of the season, prices probably fluctuate the most or go up the most. Um, so that kind of makes sense. I think maybe there are two international breaks coming up in the short term. One is if you play it in your World card in game week four, Um, or going into game week four it's um, after game week three and one at game week eight so if you play it after game week seven that's an international break as well kind of fixture wise prefer the game week eight one just because it's perfectly time for chelsea's fixtures to have switched by then with a really really nice run so it is let me bring it up brentford norwich newcastle burnley and if you get in there with a player or two in game week seven, maybe you go early. There's Southampton at home as well. So such a nice run of fixtures. Maybe that's the time for Lukaku in your team. And and maybe you move away from some of the teams that were popular earlier in the season. So Man United have quite a tough run of fixtures around then, pretty much starting from them, Everton, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City. So that works out really well, if, if I can last that long. I don't think I've ever lasted that long with my early wildcard I think last season was game week two which is just ridiculous but normally it's around game three or four as long as I can last so we'll see what do you reckon Ben?
2: Yeah I'm a I'm a big fan of the early wildcard I think I went game week three last season Um, but I will say I normally by game week three or four my team clearly needs fixing whereas <laughs> we, we've, we've all started the season pretty well so like you know if the template looks still pretty good by game week 3-4 i'm hoping that i don't have to do it but who knows um the only other thing that may prompt me to wildcard is if it becomes really obvious that um you need to restructure your team so for example my team has like two premiums bruno salah um and then trent but what happens if the template becomes a merge where like you really need three premiums whether that's like lukaku or son or i don't know even kdb Kane. that that would or kane yeah that would require you to restructure that would require me to majorly restructure my team Um, so that's another reason for the wild card I'm also a big fan of building team value early so I normally take hits um, wild card um, and I found that that normally has worked pretty well as a strategy where by the end of season if I'm at the 105 106 million team value I feel like that helps a lot Um, so yeah the only reason that I may not do it this time is we've just started the season so well with the template team. But during yeah. the course of this pod, I have been tempted already to
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, yes.
2: to go like jotter to Greenwood and then, someone you know, to Simic but I don't know, that's, who knows. You,
1: you say like last season, I think I started on 85 points and I still hit the World Cup before the end of <laughs> game week one. So yeah, don't don't do what I did, Ben
2: um but yeah it seems silly to wild card when your team has almost scored 100 points game yeah. one so yeah it's kind of ridiculous
3: what
1: do you reckon
2: that
3: yeah I and mean, i think everything you said is, is right there um i think my team yeah so i, I i'm usually being the different tactic where i've saved the wild hog if i possibly can and just taken a few hits here and there and my team is exactly set up where there's probably maybe three or four positions where i think uh i i would prefer someone else uh and that guy's value is going to rise so maybe i've had to do a hit this week and then a hit next week i can get them all in but you i just find yourself playing catch up all the time and never quite get into the team you want whereas an early wild card can get you really well set so i think i'm already well, I, I, I thought of switching tactics to your guys' ways of doing a really early world card in one of the first four game weeks um, uh, of previous seasons. And, and I'm I'm still of that mindset that I think I'm probably going to do that this year. But I'm not sure when just yet.
1: I feel like game week four could be perfect because then you get the international break out the way. All those weird injuries have disappeared. You know if Robinson's back, you know if Simacass is in or out or... All that kind of stuff. Same with Leicester, with Johnny Evans and stuff. I mean, Johnny Evans isn't a big pick, but I just feel it's it's just a bit confusing with those kind of weird injuries. So I, I like game week four for that.
3: Yeah, and you've got just enough weeks as well where you've seen all the players so that if, if you do it after game week one, there's not exactly a huge sample size for if those players just happen to score a goal or actually going to be really good in FPL this year. Yeah. Um Whereas, yeah, a few weeks in, you're probably getting a sense already of who the good teams are and who the good players are in those systems.
1: Yeah, it was a couple of seasons ago when Huddersfield in game week one absolutely battered Crystal Palace. And their striker, I can't remember his name, but I was, everyone was like, oh my God, he's amazing. Let's bring him in. He's so cheap. And I don't think he scored again pretty much for the rest of the season. So something to be wary of with Emmanuel Dennis and and Chucho. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for this week. Um, Anything else from you guys or shall we sign off? That's nope, it
2: for me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, good to have FPL back.
1: It is really good to have FPL back and it's nice to have the pod back as well. Um, if you don't already, give us a follow at FPL FF Fanatics, and if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Ben.
2: Uh, no you're welcome and uh, I have a message to Gary it's time to get some hits to get Bruno in I think for you
1: <laughs> that's a lot of hits uh, he spread that cash I think and thank you for your insight Matt
3: yeah thanks all um, yeah same message to Gary really uh, the, the maverick man's gone about Bruno and that that's that sucks
1: <laughs> nice one alright speak to you soon <laughs> I'm not the